Well, for those of you who weren't here at the beginning, happy Father's Day to your fathers. Um, this is not going to be a day to reveal all of your failures and make you feel like you're not doing your job. That's not why we're here. You get that enough as it is. The goal of today is to understand that in the midst of all the things, because I do want to acknowledge that we all come a little different. This is not dissimilar to Mother's Day. We have, we carry in us this relationship with our dads, one way or the other. And I do need to acknowledge that, like singing a song, Run to the Father, can cause problems within us sometimes, because it's not maybe our experience. And so whether we come wounded today from our fathers or we come celebrating our fathers, I want you to understand one thing, and I'm gonna reiterate it over and over and over again if possible, that the failure of our earthly fathers does not change or deny the consistency of God and who he is, his love and his faithfulness. Because at the end of this, we're not here to celebrate earthly fathers, we're here to celebrate our heavenly father with whom we have everything that we need and are looking for, amen? I have a note on the top of this and this is the only time I'll say this, it says keep it together. Because it's a tough one for me. On one hand, I celebrate things like the restoration of my relationship with my dad. I do, I celebrate that because it's something to celebrate. God did an amazing work in our relationship. But I come lamenting my own failure as a dad. And I don't tell you, you know, it's not one of those self-deprecating, I don't want to be, oh, look, Johnny's so humble, he's sharing his heart. That's not what this is. The reality of this is I come in knowing that I'm a poor representation of the, of the father that I want my kids to see, and it's not me. But because of me, they will have a view of God that is not accurate. As we all do. I grew up my dad was super angry when I became a believer. I have struggled for years, for years, trying to get over the fact that God is angry at me all the time. That's how I feel. My view of God is that he is an angry God. And I've wrestled through that in my adult years. And I think we get affected in different ways, right? I'm not trying to scare you or make you feel bad, guys. This is, it's a tough, it's a tough deal, right? You do your best, you try your hardest to represent what they're supposed to know and we fail and we know we fail. We carry it with us every single day. I'm not here to harp on that. I am here to acknowledge that we all carry in us a view of God that is affected by our relationship with our earthly fathers. That's a thing that happens. And I think it's really important that we can say that out loud together, that we can acknowledge that, right? Some of us are carrying loss. We come in with loss. Some of us, you know, you're like, but Johnny, look, I've taken on the burden of somebody else's and you should be commended for that. That is a valuable, noble thing when somebody bears the burden of another to carry and love children. Those who are in the foster system, adoption, all the different things. There are men who have taken on responsibility that was not theirs to begin with. We'll understand why that's such a big deal in a little while. And I want to acknowledge and celebrate the replacements. All right, we, this, is, this is the reality. I did something for you. Some of you were raised by a replacement and you're grateful for it and you should be. 
God provided something for you that you didn't have. Some of us feel abandoned. Some of us feel as though we're unlovable. Some of us come in today believing something about God because of all of those things. And what I want you to know, if I can, if I can leave you with one thing, if you don't leave today hearing anything else, I want you to hear this that the failure of our earthly fathers cannot and does not affect or change the love and faithfulness of God. Any failure, abandonment, hurt, sorrow, woundedness that you have experienced from an earthly father, it cannot and does not change the love and faithfulness of God. And my intent is for you to leave pursuing God the Father, as much as God the Father will and continue to pursue you. Because he is. And and I I wanna look into the scriptures about how he does that. Did you know that the reference to God as Father is, uh, there's over a thousand references to God the Father in the Bible, depending on the translation. Almost all of them are above a thousand but it's around a thousand references to God the Father. You're like, oh, this is probably pretty important. You know, it's probably pretty important. And over and over and over in Scripture, it, it tells the story of how God the Father has pursued and called and fought for his creation. Over and over and over again, there's these crazy things that happen in the Bible. Interaction, relational interactions with God and it's not that God is, is, is uh, he's not a timid God. We don't serve a timid God. We serve a holy God. And he gets pretty angry sometimes, right? And he's, he expects this thing. But you see over and over and over again, as he kind of vents all these things, he is always pulled back by his deep love and desire to be in relationship with us. And you see him relent over and over and offer grace over and over and give forgiveness and mercy over and over and over again. And he pursues people, people who are in rebellion, people who are giving him the the finger, basically, those people who are saying, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't care about you. Forget you. You're not real. All the things. I've said all of those things with a lot more colorful language than that, and God still pursued me. Right? There's these stories over and over and over, people who are far off being called, come home, come home. And they're wandering, come home, come home. Over and over and over and over again. There is not a story of abandonment with God the Father that doesn't exist. There is not a story of failure with God. There's not a story of his brokenness that leads to our brokenness. It's not in there. Only stories of his faithfulness and kindness and goodness and restoration and healing and pursuit and favor and forgiveness. This is the story of the scriptures. I only have one paper today. That's pretty good. You know it's not going to be too long. I 
I'm gonna look in uh, a couple verses in Isaiah 40. We're not gonna stay there, but I, uh, and I, sorry, we don't have anything on the screen, so you'll have to either flip in your Bible or just listen really closely. God's character isn't changed due to our perception or perspective or, or our experience even. He's always loving, faithful. You know, if you're like me, you, have you ever had questions about God? God, why? Have you ever asked that one? God, why? <laughs> How many of here have, have said, God, why? And then fill in the blank with something. And if you're scared to answer the question, it's okay. You're allowed to answer the question, but you know, sometimes we don't wanna say that we have said, God, why? I said, God, why this morning? Just to be clear in the company that you're in, you know, hey, maybe you said, God, why? where are you? Have you ever asked that question? God, where are you? God, why have you allowed this? God, why don't you do it my way? I've prayed that prayer before. That's not even a prayer. That's just a conversation. God, I'd like it if you would do it my way. You can uh, understand how that went. Not very well. In Isaiah chapter 40, Starting at verse 25, he says, to whom will you compare me? This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He's trying to get us to understand, listen, there is a difference between our earthly experience and our heavenly Father's character. The things that cause us to question him on the earth, right? And remember, all the brokenness on the earth is not his fault. It's our fault. We are sinful people and we hurt other sinful people. And so what we do though is when we ask those questions, it's generally what we should say is, God, I really don't like these other people. Why have they caused so many problems? Not why have you caused, right? There's a difference. And so he goes on and he says, he who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. I haven't done that for my children. I love my kids, but I didn't put out the starry host. I didn't name the stars, right? That's a better voice than mine. I could just put it on the mic. It'd be good. And this is what he says, verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Gosh, how often do we find ourselves here? Because of broken relationships with our dad or other people, we find ourselves sometimes, God, why is my way hidden from the Lord? Why have I been disregarded? Because the truth is we feel that, right? We feel disregarded sometimes. We feel hidden from the people that we want to see us. Who doesn't want to be seen by their dad? Who doesn't want to be regarded by their father? And yet, because we know that that doesn't always happen, and again, I'm not trying to say this is everybody. This is, I'm just trying to acknowledge what's present sometimes. And because of this, what's happened is we ask that question upward. God, why have you disregarded me? Why is my way hidden from you? Do you see what happens? Because of these relationships, we 
project that back onto the Lord. Don't you know, verse 28, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And then you can start preaching. And even youths grow tired and weary, right? You know this part of the scriptures and young men stumble and fall, but those whose hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary and will walk and not be faint. See, you're not the first generation. I'm not the first generation to ask these types of questions due to hurt, due to the inability of a human man to accomplish all the things. I don't know a man in the world that I have met who would assume that they could meet the needs of of all of their children all of the time. I've never met somebody that, that would acknowledge, and if, I, and if you do, run. But we have these questions, and God is saying, look, your questions about your earthly things are not who I am. I have not disregarded you. I have not hidden you from my sight. In fact, not only do I see you, but I'm gonna prove in a miraculous, world-changing way that you are worth everything to me. You're worth everything to me. As you sit abandoned or in despair, as you sit, even with a great father, listen, I wanna know this. There are men in this room who are wonderful reflections of God, but they are not perfect reflections of God. Because the men who are sacrificial and serving and elevating and, and pouring in and, and really laying people at the feet of Jesus, their kids and their family, it's keep going. But we all know that failure is inevitable. It might not be an option, but it is inevitable. And when these things happen and we turn out to be disappointed, God wants us to know that the failure of our earthly fathers cannot and does not affect or change the love and faithfulness of God. He proved it to his people again, over and over and over again. Hosea, you guys know this script? This is the, if you wanna be a prophet, go ahead and sign up. I'm not coming down to watch you sign that paper. The prophets had the worst job in all of scripture, in my opinion. They were God's spokesmen, and spokeswomen, they're prophetesses as well, to speak what God told them to speak to his people. And if it was wonderful, everybody would sign up. But you know what the messages were? You adulterous people, you're walking away, you're rebelling, and if you don't turn around and come back to me, you're gonna get a supernatural, heavenly-sized spanking. Except it didn't sound that nice. The verbiage is death. Turn to me or you will die. That's generally what it sounded like. You get in a lot of trouble talking to your kids like that today. <laughs> and what we have to understand is, in Hosea, there's this passage that is, reveals the heart of God in a really extraordinary way. 
because he, he is telling Hosea, he says, hey, I want you to go marry Gomer, right? She's an adulterous woman. She has, they have some kids. She cheats on them. She's adulterous. And then God tells her, go and take your adulterous wife back. Be reconciled to her. This is amazing. Be reconciled to her. And so he goes and he does it. And then God tells him, this is, this is what's going on with my people. And he reveals something about his heart for us that I think is tremendous. He's heartbroken because his people won't live according to his way. They don't want to relate to him. They want to relate to the nations around and the world around. And they're living in sin and they're doing whatever they want. Right? Does that sound like your kids? I don't know. Does it sound like you when you were a kid? It sure sounds like me when I was a kid. It sounds like me as an adult half the time. And do you know what he says? He says in chapter 11 of Hosea, he says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more I called, the further they went from me. The more I called, the further they went. See, God was pursuing. God was consistently wooing, calling Israel to himself. You're my people. I'm your God. Let's hang out. Let's be together. Let's go to Lowe's. I know I say that a lot. I like Lowe's. Let's go to the water park. You know, let's, let's be together. Let's do this life together. And he says, they sacrificed to these idols. They burned images. They burned incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms, but they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness and ties of love. We'll get to that in just a minute. I lifted the yoke from their neck and bent down to feed them. As a father should, he's taking care of his kids. They didn't want anything to do with him. And I think it's important as human beings, when people reject us, what do we do? Fine, whatever. Do your thing. But this is why it's so important to understand the difference between our earthly dads and our heavenly father. His love and desire to be with us doesn't change because of how we treat him. I can't say that. I get upset. I get hurt feelings. I know I'm a man. I'm not supposed to hurt, but I do. I hurt. It hurts. I don't like it when there's rejection. I don't like it when things don't go the way I think they should. Like I, that's just too, how it is. I feel that way. This is not how God, he says, look, I lifted the yoke from their neck. I bent down to feed them. I cared for them. They will not return to Egypt. They'll, they're talking, he's talking about oppression. And then he says this, this is where, go to verse eight, chapter 11, verse eight of Hosea says this. How can I give you up? How can I hand you over? How can I treat you like Adma? How can I make you like Zeboim? You can hear this, in turn, this wrestle with God, right? He says, listen, they reject me, but how can I give them over? And, and if we're not careful, what we'll do is when we hear that, we immediately go to our relationship with our earthly fathers. If we have been given over, if we have been given up on. And then we struggle with the scriptures, believing that, no, 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 I hear what he's saying, but that's not how God is, because that's not how it went for me. And what I want you to know today, that it does not matter if you are given up or left aside, God has not given up on you, and he has not left you aside. 
They are not the same person. And he says this, my heart is changed within. This is God speaking through Hosea. My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I turn and devastate Ephraim. For I am God and not man, the Holy One among you. I will not come in wrath. They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. And when he roars, my children will come trembling from west. They will come trembling like birds from Egypt, like doves from Assyria. And I will settle them in their homes, declares the Lord. The failure of our earthly fathers cannot and does not change the love and faithfulness of your heavenly father. How is it that he has shown that faithfulness to us? You can turn to Luke chapter 15 and I ask God to not let this be the scripture today. But I don't think there's another passage that I can find that expresses the pursuit of God to us. So I'm just gonna tell you what it says. Jesus is talking in Luke chapter 15. These may be familiar passages to you. He talks about, there's three parables that he tells, one of the lost sheep, one of the lost coin, and one of the lost son. And they're similar in that he talks about, he's, he's being confronted because he welcomes sinners. Right? If he's Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel who's to come and save the world, why is he sitting and welcoming sinners? And he says, look, if you have 100 sheep and you lose one, what do you do? Sometimes you cut your losses and you take the 99, right? Because that's the efficient, productive way to do things. I think some of us are, are the product of efficiency, unfortunately. And then he talks about a lost coin, the same thing. Hey, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one. What does she do? Well, it says she's going to leave those other coins at home and go find the one she lost. And it sounds silly until you come to this last parable. Jesus continued, verse 17. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided everything and he took off. He basically said, you're dead to me. I don't want to be in a relationship with you. And the father accommodated the request, knowing that his son was going to experience hardship and would end up weary and broken. And some of us may be the son who is, is wandering, and some of us may be the father waiting at home, wondering if we did the right thing. But this isn't about the earthly relationship, is it? This is about the heavenly father. That's what this parable is about. Because the father, right, is always ready to welcome his son home. Here's what it says. Now after that, the younger son, together with all he had, and set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. 
After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself to a citizen of that country, right? And he went to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods from the, that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. No one gave him anything. He was hungry. He was destitute. He had a dysfunctional, I wouldn't even say dysfunctional, but a non-existent relationship with his father. As far as he knew, according to him, his relationship with his father was done. And this next, it says, when he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, He said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare and I'm starving to death? And he gets a plan. He understands, right? He says, I'm gonna go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. I don't have that story of going to my father, but I do have the story of my father coming to me. And it says this in the scriptures, but while he was still a long way off, while he was way down the road, he didn't knock on the door. He didn't get onto the property. It says while he was a long way off, His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and he kissed him. See, when we were a long way off, the father was waiting just for you to turn towards him. And the heart of God the Father, right, even though we may have pursued our dads and it didn't work, we've been abandoned by our dads and it didn't work, it's not fixed, it's not healed, your heavenly Father is waiting because his heart cannot be changed by our earthly relationships, by our earthly failures. And it says the Father, he ran. In those days as a noble person, you don't run. You didn't run to anybody, especially down a dirt road, especially to somebody who had wronged you. You held yourself together. This father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him and he ran and he wrapped him up in his arms and he kissed him on his face and he welcomed him home because this is what God is waiting for. It's what you were made for. It's why you were created to be in a relationship with your heavenly father. And the Bible says that he did not care enough about his position. He could have kept us separated from him due to our own sin. But he says, I love them too much. I love them too much. So he gave his greatest thing, his son, Jesus. As evidence of his love and faithfulness to you and I, he sent Jesus Christ to bear all of your sins and mine to bear the punishment for those sins, which is death. And in the grave, he was raised by the power of God after that, that debt had been paid by death. And he was raised by the hand of God to prove that it couldn't take hold of us, that it wasn't the final word. 
and in a tremendous expression of his love and faithfulness, gave everybody the opportunity to come home. Irregardless of their failures, irregardless of their inability to be him, he gave them a way home. And he gives you a way home too. I don't ever assume that everybody in this room is a believer, that you have come home. But I'm gonna ask you this, that you would set aside the failures of your earthly fathers and that you would allow the love and faithfulness of the God who created you to call you home and that you'd say yes, that you would come to your senses and say, what am I doing? This isn't what I was made for. And no, don't believe the lie that he doesn't want you. Don't believe the lie that he abandoned you. Don't believe the lie that you're not welcome home because Jesus says that you're welcome home due to his sacrifice for you and me. The failure of your earthly father cannot and does not change the love and faithfulness of your heavenly father. Man, I know it's hard. I know it's hard to be a dad. I know it's hard to honor your word and be a committed person. I know it's hard. I'm not gonna ask you to be God because it's impossible. I'm not gonna ask you to do those things, but men in this room, I wonder if we could be the kind of men if you're a dad now or you think you'll be a dad someday, I wonder if we could be the kind of men that could constantly, constantly assess our heart for our kids, our wives, and those in the world around us, and ask ourselves whether or not we reflect the heart of God, and if we don't, to own it and, and do better and, and ask God for help. I wonder if we could be the type of men who, like Jairus with his sick daughter, a relentless pursuit to put her in front of Jesus. There was no hope for his daughter and he didn't care about anything else. He didn't care about his position. He didn't care about how it looked. He said, I need to get my daughter in front of Jesus. See, at the end of the day, man, that's our job. And I hate to be a, a, a one-trick pony, but what if we are meant to be map bearers for the world? to lay people at Jesus' feet over and over and over and over again. I wonder if the story your kids would tell, say, you know what, my dad wasn't perfect, but he always put me at the feet of Jesus. My dad wasn't always around enough for my taste, but he always put me at the feet of Jesus. He didn't do it right all the time, but he always put me at the feet of Jesus. And your failures can never outweigh the perfect love and faithfulness of our Heavenly Father. Listen, men, your failures, your inadequacies, your inconsistencies cannot and will not outweigh the perfect love and perfect faithfulness of our Heavenly Father. So today, Commit yourselves to that. If you don't know Jesus, come home. If you don't know the heavenly father, you're not in a personal relationship, come home. And if you are, trust his perfect love and faithfulness 
and lay everybody at the feet of Jesus. This is what I'd like to do. We're gonna pray and I'm gonna ask that you just pray with me. Instead of asking people to come forward, we'll have somebody over in the corner that you can pray with now or after. Um, But what's gonna happen is uh, the band's gonna come up and I just wanna pray for the men in this room and in our church. And if you would, join me. Let's bow our heads as we enter into this time. And I'd like to first pray for those people in the room, not just men, but those who have lost a father, good, bad, or otherwise, I'm gonna ask that we'd pray for them. Pray that they would be cared for in this moment and that their heavenly father would fill the void and offer peace. Can we pray for that, please? Pray for those who have experienced loss of a father. And it may not be life lost, but those who have been abandoned. Please pray for them also. That they are known by God and they have not been set aside by him. Father, we pray for those who may experience that loss or who have been abandoned that you give them strength to know you. Let's pray for those men who have taken on the burden of another one, caring for those who may not have started out as theirs but are theirs now. I'm gonna ask for all the dads that we would pray for steadfastness, endurance, perseverance, kindness, and that God would use them to reflect his character to their families. Can we pray for that, please? Father, we celebrate today your goodness, kindness, love, and mercy, your consistent faithfulness to us. You are our loving Heavenly Father. You've proved it over and over and over again. And we won't celebrate this on one day, but we'll celebrate it every day. Father, bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted today. Bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted today and give strength, Father. Strengthen the weak knees of those who are seeking to honor you as they raise their kids and love their families. I'm gonna ask that you stand to your feet and as we sing this last song, that it would be a reflection of our understanding that the failure of our earthly fathers cannot and will not change the love and faithfulness of our heavenly father. God, we lay these things out before you, trusting you with all of them in Jesus name. Amen.